criticism of Cox. He can go on the not preferred. 200 centimetres. You can't do that. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. It's been a while. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes who have known each other forever, who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is Grant, and with me tonight for the end of year, sort of post-season player review show, is my mate Scotty. Hello, everyone. Good to be back. Uh, We realised that we hadn't really done any sort of season review or players review. Um, We may even do uh, our Player of the Year award, um, which I'm sure uh, the crowd will go nuts on. Um, So, yeah, so... um, The crowd went a bit too long then. Um, So, uh, yeah, so we thought we'd go through uh, quite a few names uh, we're going to score them out of ten of how we think their year went. Now, yeah. this is this is always dangerous. These kind of podcasts because these are the ones I usually get feedback on and can't believe you did this and can't you, believe you, you scored that. You do get feedback. Ooh, <laughs> yes. lordy, <laughs> you're the king of feedback. I get feedback, baby. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, so, look, we we said it. We put in certain rules because we could be here all night if we picked all forty five players. So. The rule is that they had to have at least played one senior game and they're still on the list as in they haven't recently been cut. Um, so no Garrett McDonough. Yeah, so no Tommy Cutler, sorry. Uh, okay, fine. So, yeah, we'll go through name by name. I'm going to go from the Essendon app and just go from the, the start to bottom. I don't know how they sort this, but maybe it's the surname. Oh, it's the surname. Okay, here we go. So I guess the first player that we're going to review is a tricky one. Yeah. Kane Baldwin. Uh, okay. Kane Baldwin. Much hyped. Former project. Let me just close the door to the uh, the outside broadcast studio, Scotty, because someone's going to make uh, noise downstairs, i.e. my lovely wife. I'll take so, over. Yeah, say, do that. Say Kane Baldwin. Uh, this is so professional. Kane Baldwin has played four games this year. Um, very strong in the VFL, um, kicked quite a few goals, uh, a lot of twos and threes, uh, in the VFL. Um, when he got elevated to senior games, looked like, looked like he needed uh, a little bit of support and probably a little bit of out of place, but that's considering he missed two years of football, um, a little bit to be expected. So, I'm going to be a little bit generous with Kane uh, because y- you do have to factor in uh, quite a lot of things and missing two years of football, um, well, actually almost two and a half years of football, is, okay, a, big, yeah. is a big deal. Uh, back-to-back sort of knee, knee recos. Uh, is it both these or just the one? Uh, I think it's just the one, but... Question without notice. Question without notice. Actually, good point. I, I don't know for sure, but I'm sure. Uh, so... It was, I will say the encouragement is that he played nearly every game possible this year. That's so, and if he had a ticking box this year, that would have been one of his major ticks. Can I play at VFL and AFL level? 
15 plus games because I haven't for many a year. Um, so he just needed to find the footy and play football again as the starting of his career. So I thought he was really strong in some VFL games. Actually, you know, in all honesty, some of the games he won, uh, I thought he was the biggest contributor in the last quarters to win the games. So he stood up big time. So from what I saw in the VFL, I thought was really strong. Like I said, AFL definitely looked a little bit of a deer in headlights sometimes. Pressure was really good. It wasn't from a lack of effort, which I like. And I think yeah. that will. I think that will. I think that will come on next year. Now that this year's out of the way, so I'm going to give him a six out of ten. Okay, cool. Um, Kane Baldwin for me again, much hyped. Um, two and a bit years ago, now he was a projected top ten number, uh, top ten draft pick. Um, he is a thorough unit of a kid. Um, he's how old now, Scotty? What is he? 20? No, nineteen. Nineteen or twenty. So again, 1920, key position player. 20. He's 20. 20. He's got time, man. He's yeah, got time. Exactly. Um, I looked at Kane. Positives for me, like you said, well and truly not out of place at VFL level. Not making up the numbers, really standing out at VFL level, right? His his hands are excellent. You can see the talent in which he has and the reason why the bombers gave him a lifeline. You can see it. I think to define Kane Baldwin, he would be absolutely better for the run. Yeah, good right, that's point. a full season worth of worth of um, football for the kid into his legs and the rest of his Adonis-like body. Um, well and truly better for the run. One thing I did notice about him, I agree with the bit of the um, the deer in the headlight sort of at, at AFL level, but Essendon is really, really Peter Wright centric. Yes, I went in, into that forward line, and and Harry Jones, sort of the the same deal. So I I I don't know that the players, the midfielders more specifically, have the confidence in him that they do in Peter Wright at the moment, and that's justifiable. I can understand that. Um, so they were very his opportunities were were less than the likes of a Peter Wright, and we understand why that's the case because Wright is all manner of two meters and seven seater, and he's all good, but. I, I really liked what when he got his hands on the ball, he was physical. When he when it hit the ground, he was um agile. He laid some really good tackles, showed that kind of pressure as well. So um I think he's gonna be a great player. A lot of pressure um coming through the VFL on the likes of Jones and that, which I like. I'm giving him seven point five because hey. I, I like yeah, I like the potential. He's getting like a, an extra point and a bit for me because he presents himself brilliantly. He's got. He showed really good effort. He has talent, um, and he's twenty. So, like, uh, let's give him another season and see how he goes. Very good. Another twenty-year-old is next, and that's Nick Bryan. So, Nick Bryan, Nick Bryan um, probably himself only played about four games of seniors. Um, I'm sure he would want to play more than that. Um, but he is twenty years old in a ruckman. I keep saying this, and I know I'm a broken record, but We've got to understand that he's 20-year-old and a ruckman, and there's not many 20-year-old ruckmen out there that play straight seniors. Uh, they yep. actually do get developed in the VFL for quite a number of years and then eventually come in when their body matures. So I'm not as crazy hectic, got to bring in Nick, you know, straight away. I thought Phillips held down for pretty well. I thought Phillips protected drapes, but we'll get onto that later. Uh, Nick Bryan... Uh, again, in the VFL, he was Mr. Hitouts. He was getting 40-odd hitouts nearly every game. Um, 
I must admit, in areas around the ground, I'd still like to see some improvement. I still think there's, I think. What, what do you mean around the ground? Uh, I think a, a stronger marking presence. Okay. Uh, 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 maybe just keep on improving his forward craft. He, I think what's critical for Nick, um, if he wants to join Drapes, is the forward craft. Because I think the reality is that uh, Drapes probably will ruck 60% and Nick 30 40% kind of thing. Um, so Nick obviously would be utilised quite often as a forward. Now he has to get that skill set developed um, to really be a two-man two tandem because I think we saw enough of Draper, and we'll talk about him later, that you sense his forward craft's going to improve significantly. Like in those back end of the year, I think he almost had no goals to the half year, then kicked 10 or 12 in the second half of the year. So he was developing I hope, that. I hope it's a revelation for him because it's, yeah. it's what's going to make him a very, very good ruckman, but continue. So, yeah. So Nick, to me, that's the key area is you, you're a really good tap ruckman. He is. He's a really good jumper of the ball uh, around the ground. You can get stronger. Look, I think just get some strength in the arms. The more he gets stronger, the more he'll get better. He'll have confidence in, in jumping for the football in contested situations. Uh, his forward craft. Yeah. is pivotal. Um, I know I'm going safe here, but I still, you know, I, I expect a lot from some guys, but I actually thought he would come on a little bit more than he did this year. So I'm going for the 6.5. Um, uh, and But I do believe in his potential. I agree. And, uh, again, what, the, the, there could be situations in this everybody well, we just agree. I <laughs> yeah. violently disagree, but then there could be, uh, like, absolutely the same. Everything you said is exactly what I would say as well. I, The four games that I saw from Bryant had come, Brian had come from the off the back of exceptional three or four weeks in the VFL. Like, they're making him earn it big time. They're, um, yeah. they're making him string quality performances together in the VFL, which is everybody that's heard my voice or watch me on the Facebook page knows um, that I, I, that's what I see the VFL as. I see the VFL as a place where you can go and not just play one good game and then get elevated, go play three, four or five and demonstrate that you are too good for that league. Right. And then get elevated. And that's all good things. So they made him earn it. But then when he came into the games that he was elevated for, he was very much ineffective. Like you said, every now and then he'll get a good leap at it and he can jump high and he can tap Ruckman well. But he was, I know he's a rookie and I know he's only young and I know he's a Ruckman. But yeah, he was he was very non-influential in those games at all. So like you said, plenty of time for him. Um, uh, Andy Phillips is doing a great job as a backup for Drapes. Drapes is our number one guy. So if we can keep Brian, because somebody doesn't do something silly like offer him a million like they did for Draper, mm -hmm. we can keep him for long enough to allow him to develop in the VFL. I think he'll be very good. I think his athleticism is great. He's just got to get into some, um, just be smashing servers or something in the off season to put on a bit of weight um, because yeah, he's, he's rail thin at the moment and he, he can't influence um, the packs like um, Drapes and Phillips can. So I'm with you on it. 6.5 for mine. Uh, I like it. Um, so we go to an interesting one, a 21-year-old, Jai Colwell. Um, so yeah. uh, obviously, look, there's a lot of – Jai Colwell's a very, very interesting one for me to review. So 
the clear positive is that this guy's had nothing but hamstrings most of his career. Uh, and they did surgery on it. It's one of those things you never really know if that's the final answer. And for him to play, you know, close to 19, 20 games, such a good thing for him. Uh, his mindset would going to this preseason would be completely different. He'll be a bit more relaxed. He'll work, he'll work really hard. He's a really hard worker. He averaged around 19 disposals, uh, uh, four tackles and three clearances this year. Developed through truck a possible run with roll that actually saw some really good scalps. Uh, so there was progress there and really valuable to know that that's in his uh, armor now uh, for the side because we haven't really had that for a while. And he looks really disciplined at it and really strong over the ball at uh, to hold his opponent. Um, I'm going to say this though. I still think there's a giant another level that he can go to. Now that's maybe a factor because he's only played thirty games. <laughs> okay, cool. But what 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 areas are we talking? Endurance or yeah, I think or? consistency over four quarters. Uh, so I think he he still does a little bit in bursts. Uh, he can impact a quarter really well. Um, probably goes in and out of quarters a little bit. Uh, so I think there's. Um, yeah, I, th- I think there's and, – and, like, it really is just a guy who's played 30-odd games. So this is almost what you're what you're reading as a guy who normally is like this at 30-odd games. Uh, he's missed a lot of football. Uh, but, you know, I think when I saw him um, last preseason and fully flying and everything like that, and doing match sim, and even the you know we played a, a practice game down at Geelong. Looks so good, like twenty five thirty disposals, just running elite all the game. And then obviously, yeah, he had the hamstring injury and it was out for most of the year. Uh, if he can get back to that mobility, because um, I think post surgery, if I'm being honest, I didn't feel like his movement was the same as the previous year. So I'll be interested to see if he gets a little bit more of his speed back, I I just thought his speed was like down about 10% in bursts. So I'll be interested to see if another preseason, if he gets that back. Um, but I do believe in him very, very strongly. Uh, I, I love his um, his handball creativity in, in tight packs. I think he, he can see left and right really well. Uh, he's a really tough nut, but I, I, I still believe there's a real – uh, like I said, another level to go. But overall, for, you know, for him to play the amount of games that he did, um, I thought he was really competitive. Um, I think he was one of the few players that was trying to help both ways, trying to um, – I, th- I never sort of doubted his effort. Like when we talked about the mids and those things highlighted, you didn't see a Jai Colwell – Highlight, you know, highlight. Um, and even in the Sydney game, right, you got nearly everyone highlighted, but the only highlight of that game was Joe Caldwell running of the flight of the ball uh, yep. and getting almost king hit, uh, king hit out of the game. Um, yep. And that's, you know, I can appreciate that. And I thought it was a good, I thought it was a good first step back to start his career again with a with a with a a, a much healed hamstring finally, and and. You know, I'm going to I'm going to go the old seven point five. Okay. Um, <clears throat> mindful that he's in the second uh, group of midfielders, the um, the merits and the parishes are your lead sort of um, midfielders. 
So he's never he's never going to get 40 possessions um, because, quite frankly, that's Darcy's job, right? And when it's not, Zach's the other A grader. And he's consistently um, time on ground 10, 15% lower than the parish and merits, that's right? That's it. That's it. So that, that I keep them very mindful of that fact. And I think for the time that um, the return on investment with regards to the time that he's on the field for us is excellent. I, I I agree with you in that I, I think that if he was given Darcy Parrish's role and those two were flipped, um, Jai would probably, uh, Darcy's a bit of a possession, a possession freak, right? But I think that Jai would be perfectly capable if given the opportunity, tapped on the, on the shoulder and said, Darcy's out for a year, knock on wood that that's not the case, but Darcy's out for a year. We're going to put you right next to Merritt in the middle as the leading two midfielders that we go out and start a game with. I would be absolutely happy with that if that happened because I know that Jai has the talent to be able to match it with the best midfielders in the comp. And again, agree. It's only it's only thirty games. It's less than it's less than fifty games. You, the Triple M boys, don't review anybody that's played less than fifty games because they they're just learning, man. So. I, I reckon that the investment we get out of that bloke, I love his, I love the tagging piece as well. Jeez, I hope we do it more often. Unless some like, I bet you, um, who was playing uh, Brisbane up there? Collingwood was it just recently? Who played Brisbane just recently in oh, the final? Up, up in the um, it was the final. Yeah, Gabba. Um, Richmond. Richmond. Yeah, right. So I bet you Richmond were now looking down. Yeah, you could probably have tagged Lockie Neal. You just, I, I don't <laughs> yeah. get why people don't do it. Right, so. Make someone else win the game for you. Just not Lockie Neal every single time. So I reckon if he um if he if he can do a bit more of that, it's great. Um what did you go? 7.5. Mm. Yeah, again, again, 7.5. He's he's, <laughs> he's yet to jump up into the sort of the eights and the and the higher above. I no. go seven point two five. So there you go. Seven point two five. Um okay, so We've got a bit of a sad situation with the next one because he only played really two to three games. Nick Cox. Nick um, Cox. So I, I don't know, Scott. Yeah, I, I genuinely don't. I do not know. I think there was. I think the discussion with Nick is not so much in his year. I'll, look, I'll, I'll be honest. I'll straight away. I'm just giving it five out of ten because I can neither go here, neither here or there. Like he didn't. I, there's not enough data to know. Um, I, when he played, he wasn't overly impressive uh, on the wing. Uh, and then he got injured for most of the years, so I can't really. Uh, was he going to improve for the last fourteen games? Possibly. Um, I think, and uh, like a big factor in, in all this is like when we talk about next year, right? Is we've got a new coach coming on, so how they see these people, like Coldwell and Nick Bryan, and you know how they see everyone is is a completely intriguing part to all this. Nick Cox, I think. Maybe in my top two or three of of so interested to see how the new coach, whether it be Lion or you know whoever, whoever it's gonna be, whoever it's gonna be, um, how they see Nick Cox. Um, do they see him as a, a a key position or a flanker, you know, or a you've, you know? Um, you've been around the block a couple of times, mate. Where do you see him? I think you've mentioned that you wouldn't mind seeing him um, in a certain spot. Oh yeah. <laughs> I keep on going. I must admit, I change my mind all the time on this, and uh, and probably the hard part is I haven't seen enough data to, uh, and that's probably my procurement side speaking. Sorry, but I haven't seen enough 
I think, you know, with him and Reed, it's both a tug of war of like, what do I want? But I think what I do want is one at either end or, or in a, in a much more established position on the ground. I don't, I don't see either of them, either of them troubling the midfield. That's my personal view. Um, um, can, sorry, and I, I think I just interrupted you again. Um, <laughs> do do you see him as a key? Like Reed is a key position player, right? Do you agree? Key position player, yeah. And I see Coxie is like a. You know, it was almost like how they, this is from old school here, how Essendon used to play like a Kranzberg at half four, like a, a floating flanker, you know. Uh, yeah, and because and when people say, oh, we should put Cox, he's two metres tall in a key position player, right? Every time I say I hear the word key position player, I think of Bear. Yeah, right? yeah. I yeah. think of Bear. I think of um, yeah, Peter, Peter Wright, Wright and Harry Jones, uh, maybe. Massive, yeah. big units that are mobile, that can take marks and then can run and then can kick straight, right? So I look at Nick Cox and go, sure, he's tall, and he can take a mark, and he can kick and that sort of stuff, but he can do more than that. Like, mm. he can run around a field, loping around the field and stuff. I was a bit worried his, his – I mean, he only played – how many games? Four. So – Something like that. I don't, I don't know, if, I don't know so exactly, sorry, but – A small amount, right? So he only played a small – and those, again, if I missed my guess, were – weren't real special. And I went, oh, I wonder if he's got like second year blues or something like that. But I, I'm very, very interested to see what that kid can do on a wing right now. I know Nick Martin and I know Sam Durham and I know da 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 da. Right. But, um, Sam Durham's going to need to play incredibly good football to keep Nick, Co- a fit Nick Cox out of the side. Yeah. I mean, this is where we probably disagree because I don't find Nick as a natural ball winner. And I think a wingman needs to have that, which is why I think. Um, Do they go and get the ball themselves, or is it? No, is see, it, I don't think. I think. Halfbacks. I think a wingman reads the play really well and positions himself really well. But, that's what I mean. but th- so that's what I mean. He, he's not going to go and get the ball out of a pack. A wingman positions himself for a kick from a half back. Yeah, uh, I'd like. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Nick Martin and how he sees the game. Oh. Nick he, Martin is in he'll like know, yeah. picked, right? He'll know he'll so, yeah, he'll position himself in such dangerous spots that um but it's just a natural IQ. And I, I just I haven't picked up that yet with Nick. And that's now that could come, but but I just yeah. but you know, he is what averaging eleven he's had twenty seven games in his career, he's averaging like eleven disposals a game. It's not it's not something you would, you know, go, Wow. I just you I just want him to find the ball more and have that natural ability to put himself into dangerous spots. He may not all work out, but just having that. So I have Durham and Martin and these guys a little bit ahead, but I think they have to be ahead at the moment because he hasn't played. Right. And I, I'm, and I think you'll agree. We're both along the lines of if you've got the runs on the board because you've played and somebody with significant talent is right behind you, then Nick will be playing VFL until Nick proves that, He's undeniable to get into the AFL right now. And if Sam's playing really well or the person that he's probably going to replace, if they're playing really well, then bad luck. You yeah. Get in. I, I still believe, you know, if it was me, I would have a – I like him as a high half-forward flanker and that rose up to the wing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, right, and, right, and, yeah. And, plays, and plays that kind of – um, support mid-marking position but runs back to the forward line kind of. I think he'd be very dangerous because, um, 
we don't a, a lot we'll see we'll see with Nick Cox when he puts on that kind of much needed weight. Um, yeah, uh, because there's no doubt he gets bumped off the ball and that sort of stuff. But you, but him and Reedy are very similar prototypes in that way. That you know, we're just waiting to see when their bodies st- start to fill out what that next level goes to, um, and when they can start taking real contested marks, and then the whole you know. Then you you see that yes they are two hundred centimeters, <laughs> and, and they can and, really and, start to leverage it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so oh, I just look. I you know I just gave him a five out of ten myself. Potential because he hasn't played. Can we mark it on potential? I've only marked it because the, the, I think they played about. I think he actually ended up playing six or seven games, but they they weren't great. So I've had to mark it a little bit down on that. That when he was actually playing, it wasn't great. Um, so I've I've only just got five out of ten. Okay, so yeah, look, I'm. I'd go a six um, for what he did, um, but also I want to I want to include in there that the the kids got unlimited potential. Like a lot of people had potential. I I I was six foot tall, and I didn't live my potential. <laughs> now, but Nick's Nick's got all manner of potential. He could be many things, mm. and I I just hope whomever's coaching is next. Gives him the opportunity to demonstrate that. Yeah, uh, Massimo D'Ambrosio. Uh, D'Ambrosio. Yeah, so this is an interesting one because he's only obviously came at the halfway point of the season. Um, Did he put a foot wrong? I'm going to go on the positive front because we changed him. We, we. I mean, we. The guy got sort of put everywhere all over the shop. He either got subbed, he was half back, he was forward for the last two games. Um, he was a little bit everywhere. Um, but I thought Nelly in everything he did, he kicked even the two games he played forward, he both goes games, he kicked two goals each. Um at half back, I thought he looked fantastic. Um yeah. uh, so I'm really, really up on Massimo. I, I think you know, I think he's if I'm a coach, I think he's now line ball with a certain other half banker, half, half. I almost said the wrong thing there. Half backer, half, half <laughs> banker, yeah, yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah, with another half back. So I think him and Hindy are well, fighting that, for a spot next year. I was just about year. to say that's not Andy McGrath, that's Hindy, surely. Yeah, I, there's one thing that I think a coach will come in and and I think he will sort out who he likes defensively across the ground, um, yeah. but that can play offense. But as and I think. I think Massimo is a very is has got some really good defensive skills uh, as well as an attacking foot. So I think that will come into play with a new coach who wants to tighten up our defense. That's personally me. Um, I really liked what I saw, so I'm going seven point five. I was I was really keen on what I saw. I thought his left boot was really creative. Um, set up, you know, just gave us different angles, different different ways of using the football. Um, I'm really positive on next year, uh, and in he came in as the most happiest, most. I've, it's very rare that a guy oh, comes in, and the players just adore him straight away. He has that gift, and and you know he, he copped a lot of flat from liking a few Collingwood posts. I, I realized because I go through on Instagram 
have a look at everything he likes. He likes everything on every team, on every one. He's just a happy guy. <laughs> you can't take offense when he likes everything possible. Just, uh, um, so, um, yeah, so he's just that kind of natured guy and that's just who he is. And um, so I'm really wrapped with him. I'll go 7.5. All right. Um, I really love, again, he, he didn't put a foot wrong. Every, every game he played, he didn't foot, put a foot wrong. I, I noticed that, I mean, Sadi's gone now and he played with us for a while. Sadi had some very good qualities about him. And one of it was his his thinking and his quickness. He, I know they're little fellas, so they're probably quicker than most. But I liked his spoiling ability. And when the ball hit the ground, he was lightning fast yeah. to retain uh, possession of it. And see, I, I want to see him play on a Charlie Cameron because Charlie's Charlie's like greased lightning, right? But Massimo's right behind him um, with returns of in terms of um, speed and quickness. So I was really impressed with his not just ability to to spoil the ball and then sort of fall over and um, and my job's done. But he hits the deck. He's back on his feet like lightning, and he's trying to get the ball and influence the ball. On top of that, his left boot is beautiful. Yeah. Um. He, it's 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 tailor made for a back line. It really is. It had a touch of that. Um. I know Sadi kicked it long a lot, but it had a touch of that beautiful disposal off half back, which you want to see from your half back guys. Um. Willing to take a risk and put the ball in between a few players to hit your man because you know you've got the boot to do it. Um, he's a dirty, great, big ray of sunshine. You can't not be happy with his performance. He even did well when they chucked him in the forward line. He looked dangerous. He kicked straight. He looked good. Um, I think whether he plays off a halfback or in a pocket, I think we've got our little, you know, Scotty, you were saying that um, with Wallagon, the Dons are sort of missing a genuine excitement machine. Yep. Um, someone to get the kids through the turnstiles and stuff. I reckon there's your man. Yep. Uh, because if he plays forward and kicks a few, uh, kicks a few snags, he's going to be smiling so, um, so much they won't need lights at the MCG. And if he comes off half back, he'll be totally reliable there as well. So, massive welcome to the club, uh, Massimo, and well done on a season. A big solid eight for me. That's good. Hey, I've just realised something. We've what? done 30 minutes and five plays, and we've got like 30 plays to go. Um, Seriously? So, so oh, we, might, we might break it up into two shows. We might have to break this up into two shows. That's all right. <laughs> just, hey, Scotty, can we waffle on or what? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, we'll call this part one. Sam Draper uh, is our next one. So Sammy's an interesting one. If, if, you're, if you're the halfway year... You're probably going, you know, five and, out of and ten. We did. Yeah, and we did. Yeah. Um, it may, you know, it was. I thought he had a really good second half of the year. Um, I liked that he started kicking goals. Um, he kicked like ten or eleven goals in the second half of the year. I thought that was really promising. I thought his kicking technique for goal has much improved, and obviously he's worked yeah, on it. Yeah. Uh, I thought his ruck craft was 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 good. Um, uh, there was moments in games, not every game, trust me, where he started to mark a bit more around the ground. Um, so the second half of the year gave me much more comfort uh, of his trajectory. Um, 
and I thought he was showing some good leadership and, and some good influence in games. Even even some games where he only had eight or nine possessions, there were some games I went, oh, I felt like he was still quite a big presence in this game, um, just either kicking the ball off the ground or just somehow pushing it forward or thumping it forward. Um, uh, so, look, it's half one. The first half of the year I was really critical on. So um, I – there's some players that I so much believe in their potential and their ability. I, I, I probably going to judge them a bit harsher. Um, uh, I'm going to go six point eight, mate. Again, and this is going to be one where we agree again. I, I, I can't forget that first half of the year. Now his second half improved, and that's great. And it's better than great. It's, it's the trajectory that he should be on because he's too talented not to be. Um, but I, I, I'm going to judge Sam harshly because. Um, he had that talent at the beginning of the year and he didn't use it. There was too many opportunities where he had his back turned to plays. He was just running in no man's land, wasn't trying to influence. Well, sorry. I'm sure he was trying, but he he just wasn't influencing um, uh, the game at all. People like Reese Stanley tore him apart. It's it's for a bloke that big that can jump that high that that is that talented, and that X factor about him, he should be, he should be doing much much better than he is. And I think the second half of the season, um, for me, made me go a seven, but it would have been a six without it, mm. um, because he, um, and, and I'm sure he knows right the the marks he takes around the ground, the one to two marks that he takes inside fifty, and the two goals that he kicks turns him into a. 75% better footballer for us and really influential. So seven, seven for mine. Can't forget that first half of the season though. Yep. Okay. Next one's a tough one, mate. <laughs> Aaron Francis. Uh, t- yeah. So tough one. Um, and you know, everyone knows I'm a sponsor of Aaron. So <laughs> it's very hard for me because I, you know, I love the guy and, and I'm, you know, massive supporter of him. And obviously it sounds like he's asked for a trade. Uh, possibility for a fresh start, which I totally get, uh, yeah, I, and I think that's I think that's best for him. So I, I I'm not even upset about it. I think that's good for him himself to have a fresh start. Uh, look, just couldn't get any anything going this year on either end of the ground. Um, had some good moments in the VFL, but still, that doesn't cut it. Um, uh, look, I'm not going to speak too much. I'm probably going to give a three out of ten. Yeah, um, no, it's it's. It's a throwaway. Um, it's a throwaway review, to be quite frank, because, like you said, and anything that he's gone through with regards to, I, I can't imagine how much it would would hurt, and you wouldn't want to play footy when what happened to him happened to him, and he's over here, and you've got to be professional, and they're checking your skin folds, and you probably don't care about skin folds and all that kind of crapola. So, he is a wildly talented footballer, no doubt, wildly talented. And he's in that situation where now, where a new start might help him. Yeah. Um, you never know. Port or the Crows might pick him up, give him some minutes. He's, um, his family can get around him. He'll be home um, in his home state. Maybe something comes of Aaron. I really hope it does um, because he's tried at Essendon. And again, because of the coaching, like, I don't know if, if we looked after him, but is he back? Was he forward? Then we trains in the in the preseason as a forward, and then we bring him in, and I I don't know. So 
Essendon, hopefully it's all stopping now, but Essendon has this habit of wasting footballers by putting clear midfielders in forward pockets and half forward flanks um, for a year and then kicking the ball onto top, on the top of Joe Danaher's head and not sorting his injury out. And then do we play Aaron forward? Do we play him back? Do we play him forward? Do we play him back? Where is he playing? Who knows? So, mate, I hope you do really well if you uh, if you go. If not, we'll keep supporting Aaron. But, yeah, look, Matt, I don't know, three or four, something around there. It's, I, I don't really want to want to yeah. score that guy. Uh, Matt Guelfi. Now, that's the complete opposite end of the... One and a half. <laughs> so, uh, Matt Guelfi, I mean, a huge year for Matt Guelfi. So, um, I, I didn't have him in the best 22 at the start of the year. Uh, so that's how well Matt Grolfi's done for me. Uh, so yeah. I'm going to, and that's how I'm going to score. Cause I, you know, I'm, I go, what do I think? What did I think at the start of the year? What do I think their ability was? Where did I think they were at with the club? Um, I had him not in the best 22. Um, and then clearly now he's in, he's in the top 10. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, that's just why. dramatic. Yeah. Just a huge improvement up forward. Had the ability in the second half of the year to start kicking goals regularly, which made him even more dangerous. But if you just wanted a picture of how you want the other twenty-one players to play with, and with the with the with the um, temperament and the and the ruthlessness and the the effort, then he was your poster boy of what you wanted everyone else to to try and um, get the vibe off. So I've gone, I've gone eight point five. Yeah, look, um, there's a bloke that Scotty and I both know in the NBA. His name was Ed Neely. He tried real hard and didn't have all of the talent in the world. He wasn't the biggest, the fastest, the anything, but he just did a really good job at what he was asked to do. And I think, I think Iceman is the definition of he's been given clear instructions on what he needs to do in the footy field, and he does it. He's, I reckon he's picked up a step as opposed to losing a step. He's picked up a step in speed and his effort is second to none. He's learnt where the goals are and he provides incredible forward pressure for us um, defensively as well. So, mate, to name me someone that had a better year than him. Like, it's, it's, it's I'm I'm going nine. Damn it. I'm going nine because he, he had an incredibly good year, not because he's in the all Australian team and because he averaged 38 touches, but because that bloke, the talent that he has, he got the absolute 100% out of it. And I think all of all, all the green ja uh, jackets aside for all Australian, that's all any AFL footballer can ask for is to get a hundred percent of their talent out of them onto the field at the one time. So Massive, massive year nine. All right. Uh, fair enough. Uh, Braden Ham is next. Um, now. now then. <laughs> now then. Um, look, Braden would probably wish he had a better year and had more impact in the seniors. Yep. Um, probably was the king sub at, at one point. Um, probably sub about three games in a row at some point. They, they like him. Um, they really do like him. Yeah, Truck was picking him very regularly, uh, even even with performances. I think most fans were going, I'm not sure that justifies games. But, um, look, I didn't think he had a good year. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. 
Uh, I gave him a three out of ten. Um, same whipping boy. Unfortunately, um, he he's got talent. Like he has some talent. I just don't think. Uh, I don't. He's one of those guys where you go, oh, really? Did they delist him? Oh, he did okay. He was all right. But yeah, I, I think Truck. He was a personal favorite of Trucks. Um, but and I know they like that extra midfielder in the sub role. But yeah, you're right for me. Four, four out of out of ten for Jamie. Yeah. Uh, now this is always going to be the pol- <laughs> polarizing one. So now we get to the captain. Uh, so this will be the one that I no doubt, as every week, I get the most feedback on when I mention this guy's name. Uh, he uh, rightly or wrongly gets critiqued more more than any other Essendon player. Harshly. And I still think it's way too harsh because I, I say that too because I think it's it's beyond just a critique of his game. I think they there's a bit too much for my liking on his character, uh, which I think is exemplar, yeah. exemplary. Um, and I think it's, you know, so there's a, yeah. So, um, but we do also, uh, but I do have to be honest too on his, on his on-field performance. So, um, yeah, it's a really tricky one. Um, I thought he actually played okay the first half of the year and, and, um, uh, I actually thought he's probably he probably around ninth or tenth in the Crichton halfway through the year. I thought as the year went on, probably tailored off a bit, um, and his impact in games and maybe was just slowing up a bit. And I know he's not actually fast. I get that. Yeah. Also, you got to take that into account, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know he's not naturally fast. Um, and he ain't as young as springtime anymore. No. Um, but I must admit. A 30-year-old usually does move better. Like I know, you know, I've, there's plenty of 31 and 32-year-olds that still move a lot better. Um, and so clearly injuries have taken a toll. And I think that's more what I see more than anything. And I think that's what affects him getting to contest to contest at speed. Um, always in the top two of meters run in a game. So I genuinely think, and it's very hard because I know people are going to be – wanting to jump through this microphone. I genuinely think he cares and he tries his heart out. Uh, I know he's he's not an impact player. He's not a strong player. His body's really struggling that way. Um, and that's why I do believe next year he'll, he'll really struggle to play senior games. So I do under, that's my personal belief. Um, I think he'll really struggle to play senior games next year. And I think there will have to be a conversation to be had if we do sign him for another year. Um, as far as this year, I thought he read the play really well. Um, I think that was still his greatest strength, that his reading of the play. Um, he, he continually gets, you know, I think he averaged 21, 22 possessions for the, for the year. So he continually finds the footy, um, probably doesn't use it as constructively as people would like and, and maybe a bit too sideways and, um, and in a lot of chip kicking around um, because he probably doesn't back his foot. Uh, so the, I mean that all that all plays into probably a team dynamic that, that probably in the end to a new coach go I ne- Bobby need a fresh start um, and I need a, a new so it, it's very hard he's is it, you know for those who don't go to see training or preseason he's incredibly liked and respected and I think as fans have to remember that we have the way we talk about him sometimes. 
um, because the players will laugh at you um, and about how what they see to what. And I think we would never understand what he does behind the scenes. Whether we, you know, I get the I get the whole. Yeah, we finished fifteenth. So how good a captain can it be? And, and you know, but I didn't think we had any leaders around him at, at all at the club this year. And I thought we had a a a passive coach. And I thought he had very little um, senior support around him. Uh, whereas, you know, we can lord Penabry all we want, and and I do, but he does have Adams still side bottom, Jamie Elliott, um, Crisp, um, you know, all these guys around him of real quality and 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 sort of good people um, that also tr- sort of drum home the standards and the message. If Pendlebury was just all alone or was just all young kids, it's a lot harder to get your message across. And I think we have to cut him some slack in that. Uh, I think he tries his heart out. Uh, there's no doubt it's time for a new captain. Uh, and that's not putting Dyson down. It's just There's, there's just a fact that uh, I don't think there's a guarantee that he can play every senior game. So you, you need to... You need to move on. It's been six years as captain. It's good, good time to move on. Uh, whether it's Merritt or McGrath, who knows? But um, uh, look, he's always got my respect. But uh, it's probably a little bit from what I see always at training and how much work he puts into players and having Hobbs at his home when he's drafted and 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 all those all those things that he does is is so much front and center as a club man and and how he engages fans and and the way he talks to them and puts his arm around them. He's like, he's a very good person. Um, but there's also realities of, of where his future lies here. I'm going to go um, six out of 10. Uh, I thought it was okay. Um, uh, his stats will say he's probably in the top three of, st- would you believe of stats <laughs> earned per game. So it's, there is a that little factor, but, but there was still. How do you deny that? Right? Like how yeah. do you deny what, how do you rate an AFL football? Do you rate them by? Well, I don't. The, yeah, you don't rate them by possessions, though. Are you, you, you no, could, they've got to be. You do, right? That's why there's the number one stat on the AFL website is disposals. Yeah, but that's a that's a stat. That's like that's like saying Russell Westbrook's the best NBA player in in the league when he's clearly not in the top forty. Sure, um, but we, well, yeah, he's in the top forty. But um, the but the other thing too is that with all of the things that you just added. Like the way he gets around the club, that he he performs the captain duties well. He gets around the players. He provides veteran leadership. He takes in the new players and brings them over to his house. He gives incredible speeches in Sydney. He does the the um, the players have totally got his he's totally got the players' respect. He does all of these things as well. Plus, he ain't as young as springtime no more. He's not on the bottom of packs. Sure, he's not as quick as we. None of us are as quick as we used to be, but he's still averaging twenty odd touches a game. What's wrong with any of that? I don't. I don't get it. And the the the, the change to a new cap, a new captain. Agree, I agree. New, especially now with new coach, new everything at the uh, at the Dons. New captain. Time for it'll be Zach. I bet you it'll be Zach. Um, time for Zach to put his um stamp on the team as well. Yeah. And for Heps to be a trusted advisor, um, even play some games in the VFL and teach those boys a thing or two. But I, I genuinely don't understand how he could be getting a seven or less because he did exactly what he's supposed to do. He didn't regularly get beaten and cause us games or have massive problems. He was high in the disposal count. His efficiency was reasonably good. Plus, he performed brilliantly all of the roles of a captain. 
how how else can what else can you say? Uh, it's that long long old argument about how do you define efficiency? Is it by the stat or is it by the on field? Is a stat a fifty meter kick to the left or is a stat a a a dangerous kick that's come off that's helped us score? Um, so I, Massimo to me is what I would say high efficiency that may have one or two turnovers, but high efficiency of, of creating a score at the other end because it's a dangerous kick. Whereas other guys, you know, I know I've got probably six and six and a half coming from some midfielders that are more averaging close to 30 possessions because I don't see the possessions gathering up as the be all and end all. Um, I, I go, how did you hurt the opposition? And did you hurt the opposition? And that's where sometimes I score myself. Mm, okay. Um, all, all of the things I think I just said are said about Hebs. Um, seven for mine. Yep. Nick Hind. Yeah, um, Nick, like, on his day, still very dangerous. Um, still incredibly quick. you got to, again, you've got to take this year on the lens of there was no game plan for the first half of the year. The players didn't know what the hell they were doing. And then even in the second half of the year, I just think they were all jaded and didn't want to do it anyway. So last year is tough to be because Nick's better than he played this year, right? He's, he's a much better player than he played this year. He was caught out on a number of occasions with, by his opposition player and they showed up some of his weaknesses. I think he's a much better player than that. And I think, I hope next year when he gets some clear instruction from whomever's coaching and they use his run and his carry and the back line doesn't look like Swiss cheese because the midfield are actually doing a job, Nick will look much better. So didn't have a great season, six and a half for mine, but there is a lot of room for improvement there. Yeah, I'm not far from you. Um, I think I, sh- I he had a real good purple patch during the year where he was – back to his old self and running really hard. And and that's when we, you know, we started to win sort of that five out of seven games period. I thought he was, he was, his run was really a catalyst around that. I thought defensively he took a back turn um, or uh, sorry, a step back, not a back turn. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, even that, you know, when we talk, <laughs> I hate watching the goal of the year candidates, the top three, because I just have to see that Josh Dacos one. And then I have to see him, Run around Nick Hind like he was invisible, yeah, like he's still. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, um, I just wish he would get more physical and and learn that side, that defensive side, because we really do need it. Like we really need him to learn that both both sides. Um, I I'm probably going to go six myself. Um, uh, but we're not far apart. Yeah, cool. Uh, Ben Hobbs. Uh, look. I'm pretty positive on Ben. Um, I'm glad hard not to be very yeah, hard not to be. He he came in um, with a well-established midfield mix um, uh, with Colwell finally available, Shield available. Um, you even had McGrath possible available. You had Parrish, you know, uh, Merritt. Uh, so very hard to get into the midfield mix, and they started rotating Perkins through there as well. So. Mm. So um, played the what they traditionally say is the hardest role in football was the the high small half forward kind of role. Um, uh, you know, I was even I don't know if you saw, but um, Peter Dacos was talking about uh, Josh Dacos and how Buckley 
he got frustrated Buckley playing him exactly the Hobbs role, that half forward small role and saying, you know, Josh, you know, saying it is the, you know, and Peter, who would know, was saying that's the hardest role in football to, to learn. Um, uh, so, you know, Hobbsy, I thought, actually did really, really well in that position for a guy that d- doesn't naturally play. Like he wasn't – he was always in the middle in his junior career. Yeah, um, yeah. So he had to actually learn a new role. And I, it almost came just from sheer competitiveness that he got good at the role. Like it wasn't It wasn't like natural. It was just sheer will. Um, and he has a very strong desire to get the best out of himself and for the team – uh, which I really appreciated, and it earned, it earned him. Uh, let's how many games did he play this year? So he played seventeen games. Jeez. Um, yeah. So that's you know that's a really good reward for effort. Uh, and uh, one thing I do like about Truck that he once Hobbs came in and he saw him put him that effort, he rewarded it and said, "No, oh, you can keep getting game, game, son. If you put your head over the footy, um, you can just keep playing." And you know he kept on playing him. And that 17 games is now going to his second year going to be really valuable because uh, it's really good grounding for a first year. Um, yeah, so couldn't be more happier uh, f- uh, with what I saw. No doubt, you know, to be nitpicking, you no doubt there's a little bit of kicking action to to just maybe work on the off-season. Um, sometimes it kind of rounds his arm a bit too long. Um, and can take it a little half a second more. Just just getting a quicker action, yeah. um, just small things that everyone works on. Um, but overall, I'm going to go seven point five. I was really happy with what I saw. Mate, everybody knows that I didn't think he should be playing. We sh- that we needed to bring in an eighteen year old kid. Um, we've said that to death. Um, but now that he's been in the side, he has taken his opportunity. We brought in a young Wanganine who, apart from a couple of little glimpses, he didn't look ready. He just didn't look ready, and I was worried that um, that would happen to Ben. But he's, he's again, he's an 18-year-old little unit, and he has another one that has taken his opportunity and run with it. He's done the basics very well. He's proven that he can get hold of the ball. He doesn't go missing. He's... Um, He's got an invaluable experience from the the games that he's played uh, this year. So, as a as an outcome of playing him when man, he should have been learning his craft in the VFL. Um, as an outcome of playing him because we needed to, I fully stand corrected. He has he has learnt more in those games, those fourteen games or whatever he played. Um, learnt more in that than fifty games in the AFL. That's in the VFL. So I, I'm really impressed with him. I really see a future for that kid. He looks really good. Um, one question for you, or my, my score, 7.5 for Hobbsy, really good in a tough position. My question for you on Hobbsy, though, is does he make a transition to the middle full-time or does he play outside of the full-time midfield for his career? I, I kind of feel like he almost has Perkins' year this year, like starts to, starts a, a light rotation through the midfield. Okay, uh, yeah. to, to to progress, I would more have Perkins, this is myself, go into the midfield, um, change up the height, change up the dynamics, the strength over the ball. He'll get stronger again, uh, and I think he'll be ready to go. That's my personal belief. Um, and Hobbsy will then start kind of rotating 
through the midfield, and then we'll see from there. But he still has to beat a Caldwell. It's, still, it's not yeah. easy for positions. So, And we don't even know what the trade period, even the draft in some ways, because we've got pick four. We could pick up a really gun mid. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. I, who knows? So it's all, yeah, it, but it's, like you said, it's exciting. So, look, we'll keep on going. Uh, I'll do – We'll we'll do sort of three or four more, then we'll do that as part one. Um, yeah, cool. uh, so Michael Hurley, oh look, I'm only gonna go very short on this because he played one game. Yep. Uh ten out of ten, because I love you, and I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> yeah, 10 uh, out of 10. Kicked a goal Brilliant. in the last minute. We love you. Both agree. That's our and, and, end of story. Legend. Start yeah. the start and, the painting process for him, put him up on the wall. Um, and every key position player that plays at the Essendon Football Club could do a hell of a lot worse than to talk to that man about how to play football. Uh, and how to overcome adversity. And, and, and how to, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So just the whole story, I, I, I just love the guy. So I'm, it's my bias, but I love the guy. Yep. Next guy is really interesting, Harrison Jones. Um, I This is my personal belief um, that he's – ankle injury was a bit more than what's been led on. Okay. And it's right. affected his year tremendously. Um, so I, I'm i putting that kind of hat on of understanding that his body wasn't as probably what is not as liked as he would hoped. Um, had three setbacks in the preseason. Um, so he started the ground running terribly. Um, uh, this sort of just had one of those frustrating years Saying all that, I still think he's in desperate need of development uh, because I don't see an obvious forward leading craft yet. Yeah. Um, I think he's, like I've said this before, that he's great when he's coming from the side and that sort of thing. But as just far as forward craft, I feel like he actually needs a lot of work on on um, just generally how to lose his man, how to run around, uh, find some space. Um, so... Look, it was a disappointing year. I'm giving him four out of ten. Sorry, Harry, because the fact is you did end up playing, you know, 13, 14 games and just couldn't have an impact. You had one or two, you know, good moments of two or three goals, um, but still um, it was – We were, I would have hoped he was much more advanced than where he are, uh, but I do believe probably um, – uh, hopefully his ankle is is cleared up over the off season and we can start to see the Harry that we saw the year before that still needed a bit of work but was much more involved in games and more of a threat. That is one of the things that I think we should put a bit of a caveat on all of our assessments here um, is that we, we don't know if they're carrying something. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, we, we, don't, yeah. we don't know, right? So, And we don't know that if maybe, maybe we suspect that, that Harry might be still – um, carrying that injury, and we don't know how how big the injury is, and all that sort of stuff. So we'll we'll put that little mini caveat on it. But I, I agree with you. I really was excited for this year for Harry Jones because of what he did last year, and it was underwhelming for mine. Mm. Even with the with the Peter Wright centric uh, nature of the Dons, I still think that again when he's got an unencumbered run at it, and he can run in from the side and take that grab, his hands are very good. But I, I, again, I'm with you, Scotty, in that I don't see the repeat runs and the circles inside 50 and the the forward craft 
to get a guy like that loose, who's not going to outbody people. He's not going to Jonathan Brown people. He needs to be doing patterns. He needs to buy Nick Rewalt um, a coffee and ask him how to do that stuff. Right. Yeah. How do you, um, uh, I was going to say you might need to talk to Duck Carey, but he could be in some trouble at the moment. Um, <laughs> I'll go to Matthew Lloyd, to be honest. He's a great. <laughs> go to Lloydie. Yeah. All, all of those sort of people and just say, mate, how do I get, how do I shake a defender? But how do I shake that defender at exactly the right time when Massimo's looking up or Martin's looking up from a wing um, wants to hit me up at half forward, right? So mm. I, I was, it was a little disappointed with his um, with his total output this year. Um, so there's a lot of standstill stuff of just putting your hand up in the air and say kick it long, and it just lot, didn't. A lot of guys, a lot of guys did that, man. Yeah, and it just didn't help. You just go no move. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're back to a defender now, Jake Kelly. Uh, I got huge raps for him. So yeah, really interesting one. This had had roller coaster year in some ways. I thought he had patches where I was really concerned. Um, then there was a patch where they actually omitted him, but he ended up having to come back. And then had a month of really strong football. Yep. Um, obviously, it was a bit of a wake up call. So I kind of. Um, I'm not sure if you're going to like my score. I kind of felt like he was very up and down. There were some games I thought he was really um, – the opposition really got a hold of him. And then and then, and then you have a month of football where I went, no one could get anywhere near the ball. He would just shut down Cameron or shut down. So it was, it was a very um, – yeah, it was an indifferent year. But if he can play to that level where I start to see towards the back end of the year – then I'm not really too concerned to be blunt. Uh, I think there's definitely positive. So I've gone, I've gone six point two. Oh, dude, that you were harsh today. Um, oh, we we finished fifteenth. I can't be too positive. True. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> we 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 asked Jake Kelly to play on Charlie Cameron, and uh, what's the monster from Port Adelaide? Uh Dixon. Dixon. Charlie Dixon. Right. We asked him to play on everybody, <laughs> like monster full forwards where he was incredibly outsized. Charlie Cameron, who he was in a straight race, would be out outmatched, but he can use his body and he knows where to put himself. He's an incredibly versatile footballer who I'm giving all of the defenders on this list one, maybe two points extra score because our midfield was a disaster defensively. And our poor defenders kept having uncompletely unrestricted ball shot into the back line, which made it look like Swiss cheese yeah. because Charlie Cameron can get away from Jake Kelly and these big, why was he playing on, on Charlie Dixon at all ever? And we, we asked him to do a job. He would have said, we, we need you to play on um, Charlie Cameron and the idiot from Collingwood that, um, that kicked the goal after the siren we need you to play on those small, quick guys, but then also if it's in the air, can you take a grab? Then we asked him to do everything and play on everybody. Plus the back line was Swiss cheese because the midline mid midfield won't no good. So I'm giving Jake Kelly, I really liked his game this year, seven and a half. Seven and a half. Okay. Yep. Fair enough. Um, I'm not going to go too much longer with the next guy, Kyle Langford. Spent the first half of the year pretty much injured. Yep. Uh I'll give him credit. I thought when he came back, he was solid without starring. 
That's a, he, he was asked to play not so much his wing or midfield role, played a forward role, um, which, you know, sometimes with our forwards, it's very – sometimes it's hard to get into games. But, uh, yeah. um, look, he presented – he kicked, definitely kicked goals. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, it wasn't the best of Kyle Langford I've seen, um, but it's, it was obviously a different role. Um, than he's normally played on the wing. So in the previous year, he was averaging like 21, 22 possessions on the wing. He had, you know, you got to remember he was top four Crichton. He was really good on that wing. So changed his role, made him a, a forward. Um, probably just took him time, a little bit to settle in. Um, but I still think he was quite solid, actually. There were some really good games there. Um, I'm probably going 6.5 for, for Cole. Um, I, I think he demonstrated... Well, we, we missed him. We really did miss him in the first half of the season. And I think in the second half of the season, even though I agree he played that different role, I think whenever he plays, we are a better side for it. He's I think he's influential for our team. He's Hawthorne saw it. They offered him the kitchen sink. Um, but I I really, really, really want Kyle Langford in my side just because he gets stuff done. He's an influential player. And he's player. so flexible. He can play he, mid, can play, play anywhere yeah. you like. And I really like it when he's in our side. So we missed him. Um, again, half the season gone, pretty tough to do. Yeah, six and a half um, for, for Kyle. Yep. Uh, just a couple to go. Uh, Jaden Laverde. Um, look, he's, he's my guy that gets two extra points. <laughs> yeah, again, yeah. We do have an undersized back line. There's no doubt about it. And he plays guys that probably normal defenders his size should not play. Uh, like Harry Mackay is a giant of a man. Um, and he gets asked to do a lot of very hard tasks that a six foot three guy just normally doesn't get asked to do. Um, he does He does to everything to, you know, did he have as good a year this year as last year? No, I don't think he did. But did I... Did he try his heart out? Yeah, he did. Really did. Uh, I'm still giving him seven out of ten because as a bit of a confidence, um, I thought, I thought um, the high, the freeway that was our club <laughs> for opposition to run down in transition footy that and the monsters he had to play as undersized, he did as good as he could really. Yeah, and and that's exactly right, mate. Um, hundred percent. He gets an extra one one and a half points for me because a mercy rule. <laughs> The mercy rule, because we, we just, we and again, when we get to Ridley, he gets two points as well, because last year, our back line was not like this, because last year we weren't Swiss cheese through the middle, for some weird reason, right? And our back, Laverde, I mean, was an utter and complete revelation down back. He dominated. Rids was taking marks like he usually does. Laverde was doing really well. Hindy was running off half back. We thought, damn, we really need a guy to play on those little tiny sneaky people. So we went and got uh, Kelly from Adelaide. And I'm thinking, mate, BZT or Jimmy Stewart or Andy McGrath or Heppel, down there with them and uh, Mason Redman, happy days. That is a decent looking backline. Our backline looked like Swiss cheese this year. Yeah. And it's it wasn't their fault, man. That's no, you, 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 got, you do have to factor in that last the previous year's percentage was 109% and this year was 83%, which tells you you had no defense. Like it's just no, no, no we defense, were getting right. scored upon so heavily and you cannot put it down always to the back six. And the, that's where, yeah, 
let, that's why we're, there's a few names screaming out, you know, in the coaching realms who are defensively minded that, you know, that people yeah. just naturally think maybe should come in. But uh, but you have to factor that in because it was just a freeway down there and it was just... Absolutely. Uh, so, I, I, so the best of Laverde did we see? No, because, I mean, we saw the best of him last year where Dustin Fletcher himself or Ken Fletcher, I think, was the guy that said should have been playing him down there from the very beginning. He looked like a gun. This year, he wasn't given the opportunity, but I'm giving that boy the extra point, and I'm going to say seven and a half because he he's wildly talented now. That is his spot. He's forward. He's been back. He's been on a wing. He's been everywhere. That is his spot, and if we can tighten up through a midfield next year, you're going to have that reliable Laverde who's not just punching and spoiling, but out-bodying people and taking marks and all sorts of good stuff. So, loved his game. Now... We get our final player for part one, mm-hmm. and this will be my highest score. Uh, Ooh, I'll, I'll give Mason you a Redmond. So he averaged twenty disposals a game. He kicked nineteen goals. Down nineteen goals, and twenty disposals per game. And Martin, Nick Martin. Mm-hmm. I seriously swear. Um, and 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 a lot of this, you know, a lot of my scoring does definitely factor in what did I view at the start of the year. So, like, I know when I speak of Ridley, I might be the opposite to you. I might have a bit more of a harsher score because I think he's a top two player at the club. Like, I yeah. in my head, I go, "You what's your ability?" So, did I get that expectation? Stringer may have a bit of a problem as well. Um, yeah. But Nick Martin's a complete opposite. I saw him play preseason games and I didn't even rate him then. Like I saw him preseason just doing training. I went, oh, he looks like a bit of an average, average sort of kind of thing, kind of, yeah. Uh, I did not see 20 possessions of a game and almost 20 goals uh, and just an absolute revelation. Um, just chic, no doubt, you know. In the, in the last month, you could tell he was getting tired. Um, yeah. Totally understandable. Because yeah, um, it's pretty pretty hard to chuck the half the Essendon footy side on your back. Yeah, well, I mean, and you got to remember he came in, what, late January or something. So he hasn't did, didn't do the November, December, you know, um, training block and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Just came over from WA, picked it up, um, but it came in actually quite fit, in, in all honesty. But he was... Just sensational, uh, a total revelation. A one of my first picked in the side because he uses oh, the ball so well, yeah. thinks through the game so well. Uh, he'll only, he'll only get better and better uh, as now that that year's out of the way. Uh, I've gone eight point eight, um, as you know, uh, because I know Guelphie's eight point five in the whole pressure, but Guelphie kicked seventeen goals as a forward. He played mostly wing and he's kicked 19. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and he's averaging 20 possessions. And I just thought there's still little things to work on. A new coach will work on him on just a little defensive actions and, and where to s- standing, you know, and that sort of stuff. But, but nitpicking. But nitpicking because he was just – it was just an absolute delight to watch as an Essendon fan. I've been screaming out for class to be into this side 
That's why I thought him and Massimo were real revelations. Um, and you can see it, like you can. It's really noticeable when you see it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like class. Just think through the game, just at yeah. a different level than other people can. Yeah. Um, so him and Massimo were just really big revelations in that way uh, for for getting getting him for nothing, really. So and 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 who do we have to thank for that? Oh well, you know how could you not yeah. thank Rob Forster Knight? So just a great, uh, right, right. great. So he, yeah. him and his uh, his apprentice Adrian Dodoro just <laughs> just plucking dudes out of the air. That that that's <laughs> yeah. He's uh, yeah. Dodoro is the uh, mid season draft king. There's no and the SSP Oof. king. There's no yes. doubt about it. Random um, dudes. Durham. Like yeah, I'll Durham Snelling. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So you just 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 worked. So. Um, 8.8 for me, me, fantastic. Can't wait to see a 10-year career from you, son. Absolutely. 8.8, everything you've just said, um, the the difference between him and half the side, you, you don't have to have played or watched footy if it's particularly long to know that he... Uh, you, you, watch me say something again. Maybe I'm, I'm getting... Don't be stupid. <laughs> I, don't need maybe, the, I don't need the feedback. <laughs> maybe I'm... Maybe I should, yeah, I, I do. No, just kidding. Um... Maybe I'm softening in my old age, but I look at Mick Martin and I go class. The boy's got class written all over him in the same way, probably not quite his career yet, but has the same way that you look at Scott Pendlebury and you go, damn, that boy's just got class written all over him. He's a professional. He's class. He knows what he's doing on a footy field. He doesn't get much better than that, right? I look at Nick Nick Martin and go, it's a young Scott Pendlebury. I look at him and go, you're just oozing class. You are economical in your movement across the ground, but it is more than enough. Your economical movement is more than enough. You can execute, you can finish the play, you position yourself well. Um, and again, the statistics don't lie, unless you're talking about Heppel and then statistics don't matter. But um, <laughs> the statistics are great. He's got class written all over him. Adrian Dodoro, you are an absolute champion. And again, like you, Scotty, I hope you played 10, 12 years more for us um, and win yourself a brown line. Yeah, and just little things too, just, you know, average close to six score involvements a game. So it's, he got people who, you know, he was creative in helping Ultimate, us score. Yeah. Um, he, he was around 76, 77% efficiency, only averaged two turnovers a game, which compared to other guys, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah. So just, yeah, just really efficient with the footy. Uh, great to watch. That is our part one done, which is a novel, lovely hour and ten. Um, how um, how many plays did we get through? We got through. I'm glad you asked that at short notice. Uh, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, your, eleven. Your counting 12. has really improved. <laughs> I'm going to hit you. Sir. Nineteen. So we're we're about we're exactly halfway. I'm sorry to say, you know, during that I did have to skip Josh Air because he didn't. Play. No, uh, well, no, there's a part two for a reason because he's going to be nine point five. First cab off the rank or last cab off the rank, <laughs> one game or not, right? Yeah. We can't we can't deny the guy because the selection committee has no idea what they're doing in not selecting that kid yet. So we will, Josh, mate. I know you're a listener. Um, we'll get to you next week. Trust me. Yeah, so look, that's it from us. Um, for the Patreons tomorrow night, yes. we're going to have a conversation with Ed Pascoe. We're going to go through the draft in more detail. Uh, all the Patreons have sent me 
20 to 25 questions, but I'm going to go, we're going to have a very interactive one with Ed and we're just going to go through quite a few of the questions and just, it won't be so much led by us. It'll be led by the Patreons. It'll be a, um, you know, I'll I'll just run through a lot of their questions. Um, If there's some that I think are kind of the similar, then I'll I'll make one out of three comments. I'll make the one question, but um, yeah, we'll go through the draft. We have picked five or four, probably pick five in reality. Um, We'll go through the draft, see where Ed sees us lining up, what our options are, how the Davies are going, Mankara, all these all these names that we know of. Um, do we go for Cadman? Do we go for um, uh, Sheasel? You know, all those sort of things. So a lot of things to discuss about the draft tomorrow night. And then um, Patreon.com forward slash lunchtime catch up. Go and check us out, three bucks each. Yeah, and next Monday, before I go for a week's trip to Brisbane, uh, we'll do part two, and I'll release that before I go. Uh, So we'll do that uh, part two next Monday uh, of the players' review, and we'll do our – we'll do maybe two or three awards at the end of our player of the year, our lunchtime catch-up player of the year. Um, Well, otherwise known as the Air Award. (laughs) The Air Award, yes. (laughs) so, yeah, so uh, thanks, everyone. I uh, hope you enjoyed this half-play review. Absolutely. Uh, and we'll talk to you very soon. See you later, guys. Stimulus.